This is Amalia Eon Karras. This is Satya. And you're listening to, to Love, Love, Sex, and, and the, the Hidden, Hidden Agenda. Agenda. Our podcast was created with the sole intention to release toxic shame, illuminate our shadow nature, and expose the mysterious entities that feed off our most precious life force, our sexual energy. To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com. Let's dive in. Hey, Satya. Hi, Amalia. Okay, so what is the deal with the Jeffrey Epstein case and the whole... Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, Maxwell, I, I just need to know. It's I'm not even sure how to pronounce it. Uh, on the news, they just said Ghislaine. It, it, some people say Ghislaine and some people say Ghislaine. I thought um, it was Gazelle for the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> I was calling her Gazelle Maxwell. Ghislaine. It, like Ghislaine. it actually looks like it, Ghislaine. It actually looks like Ghislaine, like J, it's G-H. G-H. Well, okay, her. The accomplice to Jeffrey Epstein, right? Yeah. Yeah, the madam, the the handler of the girls. I We just, we need to like pause. Let's shed a little light on on how a woman gets in this situation and does these things and gets gets to this point. And let's uh, connect it to the greater society at large yeah I feel like this is the stuff that you know especially women don't want to look at they don't want to see that there are women perpetrators out there they're just so focused on pointing on the men and women you know we get trapped in these sick games of predators and she's an accomplice and I don't know I it's too bad that we can't really see what's going on. And by the time we air this podcast, it's probably, hopefully it'll be concluded and we'll know, you know, what's happening, but I'm just so curious. I, I think we're going to share a video no? Mm-hmm. Let's, yeah. let's watch something. This is a trial that you, Jeff, has specifically been following, but we do have an update on the sex trafficking trial of Jillane Maxwell. One of her accusers, who is going by Carolyn, testified that Maxwell felt her breasts and told her she had a great body for Epstein and his friends. She said she was paid $300 to visit Epstein's home and went more than 100 times between the ages of 14 and 18. Now, the prosecution also... 100 times? She said 100 times, right? Oh my God. Yeah. What a photo, Ghislaine. Okay, let's keep listening. Yeah, so here she is massaging his foot. Photos of Epstein. Oh, sorry, what? I said there she is massaging his foot. Oh, that's Jeffrey's foot? Yeah. Pushed up against her chest? Yeah. <gasps> Yikes. Okay, let's listen more. And Maxwell together, like these showing Maxwell massaging his feet. There are also more photos of them together, sometimes kissing, which the prosecution says goes to show the nature of the relationship, characterizing them as partners in crime. I also want you guys to take a look at these photos of Epstein's massage room, where several of his alleged victims said they were abused. Now, meantime, a woman named Sarah Ransom says she was recruited into Epstein's alleged sex ring in 2006. She was on CBS this morning talking about her experience. Take a listen to what she had to say. I have so many examples of how Ghislaine not only tortured me, 
and abused me, but other survivors. She grabbed my arm and marched me into Jeffrey's room where I was then raped. So when she says that she had nothing to do and she had no idea, she was a facilitator. She was Jeffrey's right-hand woman. She orchestrated everything. Okay, Jeff, you followed this case very closely. Do you think that we're actually going to learn anything from Ghislaine? Here's the thing. I, I want to make people, I want to direct people towards Filthy Rich on Netflix, right? If you're interested in this case at all, watch that. It'll break everything down Netflix, for you. Netflix, you said? And on Netflix. It's a documentary all about this, right? She is completely at fault, okay? The way the jury's handling this, I, I don't know how it's not talked about more. They're, they're making these women who are brave enough to come forward, that's what this day and age is all about, right? Women coming forward, they're trying to... Con Did he just say, go watch a Netflix show? <laughs> that's so weird. Like that, that was weird. Um, the way he makes it sound is it's a Jeffrey Epstein. Like it, it gets, it's the nitty gritty of this story. Um, mm -hmm. So he's saying, if you watch it, you'll understand. I think his point is that she's completely at fault just as much as he was, well, that she should be in jail and to fully understand why she should be in jail watch watch that show i guess but what floored me i got chills you know when that woman was talking when she said g lane was orchestrating everything and feeding him women and i don't even have a word for it it's like a combination of shock and um disbelief disgust um curiosity i'm thinking like how in the world do women end up in these situations? And is it that, you know, I mean, I don't see a lot of, um, you know, psychologists or spiritual leaders, once again, coming out on this subject or talking about like, okay, what's going on here? What's the dynamic of this, right? And now I haven't researched it. Maybe there are, you know, but I don't, it should be, it should be blatantly out there rather than people, you know, on the news just talking about, oh, you know, yeah, and, and the victim saying, yeah, she, she did this, but it's like, how does somebody get into that situation now? Should they be put in jail? Yeah, I mean, she was responsible for what she did and she was a part of it and she did orchestrate it. And, but this happens. And so let's talk about that. Let's talk about how this happens. I mean, I think it's, you know, she had trauma in her past and I'm not excusing it by any means, but, you know, and then she got into a relationship with him and then she, she was sexually addicted. And I think it's a type of addiction. Absolutely. And I'm sure, I mean, anyone who is abusing young people, anyone I've met that's an abuser, let's say, has a history of abuse in their background. Like they don't really just suddenly decide a healthy psyche doesn't just suddenly decide oh i'm gonna abuse these people there's something that planted the seed that created that um desire and fed that desire for someone to keep in acting that out i think there's a lot of um background yeah. and emotional whether it's emotional abuse, physical abuse, I think it's a mixture of all of it, psychological abuse, and then it's conditioning and um, grooming. I mean, 
she she was groomed probably by her father and then by Jeffrey and then she's grooming these girls that's well let's let's watch the rest um should we finish it yeah I I guess we can just keep going and then we'll yeah yeah I want to hear what they have to say I just got so thrown off by that Netflix <laughs> comment <laughs> yeah that was so random okay tangent okay let's go back confuse them understand twist their words around there's one i listened to a whole podcast about it one woman's like jeffrey came in with Ghislaine, and then she testifies and they're like Ghislaine came in with jeffrey and they're like well which one was it you're a liar wow. they put her credibility on the line when you're putting yourself out there they won't even say their names it's jane doe this woman was brave enough to come forward and be on tv there's when, dozens and dozens and dozens not just one or two there's dozens of victims and Ghislaine molested allegedly molested a lot of them herself right. not just jeffrey epstein and i don't like that they're saying she's going to take the fall for jeffrey Ep Je jeffrey epstein no that's not what i'm saying she's culpable too absolutely right. culpable absolutely so it's the media is twisting this whole thing around it's not getting the attention that it needs and then if you want to go into the names that are attached to the jeffrey epstein epstein case when i'm talking about princes presidents people around the world that have been to this island that we're not getting any quotes from any there was one interview done, one interview, Prince Andrew. How did that turn out? We don't want to dig a little deeper. We're just going to let that go. Okay. I just think we need to talk about it a little bit more. So I thank you guys for letting me have that little rant. No, it's if nobody understands it's, what, what we, I feel like, and I hate saying this out loud because I always want to be optimistic. I feel like we're never going to know Lindsay. And I think there's like an endless amount of alleged victims. And I think only, like you said, whoever is brave enough to come forward, even with Sarah Ransom, who we watched her interview on CBS, she said that she was shamed immediately when she first came forward. And she decided to write her book and tell more because she felt like she's only as sick as her secrets. And that was a quote that she needed to free herself. And so to see that people are actually coming forward and, and being met with what we know always happens to a lot of alleged victims, and which is why they stay silent, we'll never know the extent to how far Ghislaine allegedly went. And to see her calling herself in her attorneys calling her a scapegoat um it's just two totally different stories and i think everybody wants to get to the bottom of it because it's totally different to get blamed for jeffrey epstein's misdeeds and to be complicit or completely um as culpable as him yeah. in all of this okay let me just say as for the defense attorney that's what they're gonna do they're gonna blame the dead guy and i hate to say that but i don't have any care for jeffrey epstein they're gonna put it on him that's a great way to divert it it's not gonna work in my opinion and let me tell you something about that massage room that they just showed it wasn't like once a week twice a week Ghislaine would recruit and hold down girls allegedly hour after hour sessions in the same day uh. over and over and over he allegedly had no pleasure from it it was just a constant addictive and she would hold him down Horrific. and be complicit she's not just a little partner she is complicit in this now i agree with you there is a lid on this we are not hearing a lot of this and that's because very important people control a lot of different forums mm -hmm. and of communication and media involved as well and i think that's why we're not hearing it but galane is as guilty as he is in my opinion she molested allegedly right. and raped and helped she's complicit completely oh. complicit and i wonder if she goes to jail if people victims are going to feel satisfied i know gail king asked sarah that but jeffrey epstein is dead and that's not really giving you the closure you're looking for right. like somebody being behind bars for life i hope listen i guess we're gonna have to wait and see what the what the jury and what the judge decides but i really do hope that she spends the rest of her life behind bars considering what i've heard from maybe, some of those and maybe a couple secrets yes get out there. please you're only as sick as your secrets oh the whole reason we started the podcast 
to clear the shadow. Well, this is like stinging me in a really interesting way because I feel for Ghislaine, um, my first husband was a sex addict. He, it, it was a sick and twisted relationship. And I, I felt that he was grooming me. I felt like a sex slave to him. I felt like I had to feed his addiction. Um, I definitely brought him women. None of them were underage. You know, it wasn't illegal. Everybody had consent, but there was so much manipulation and so much um, like when I finally had the courage to leave him, I think it took me over five, we were together for five years and it took me over five years just to get over. Like there was just this long processing of unwinding all the trauma from like all those interactions. Now it was all consenting adults, but it was just twisted in my mind. Like I was angry, like, how did I go down that path? How did I find myself in these dark places? And yeah, and I just felt like I was scrubbing my mind clean. And then it, and then I'm not surprised that, you know, a few years after that, well, let's see, my relationship ended in 98. And then in 2003, when my father died, and I felt like I had kind of overcome that relationship and was you know, doing something healthier. That's when um, my dad died and I started having all this hidden memory come up that I had been abused as a child. And so then it went on another like five, 10 years. Well, I've still, I mean, gosh, how long is it? Oh, over 20 years of just like going deep in my psyche to clear out these memories, these things that have happened to me that, you know, just wanting to be free of it. And that comment, woof, yeah, you're only as sick as your secrets is so true. And I think there's so many people, men and women, and I know so many men that have had, that really carry these secrets from their own abuse as children, sometimes from their mothers, you know, sometimes from older females and they're just living with it. And, and it's eating us up inside, you know, until we find a way to address it, heal it, clear it. And I'm, I'm grateful that this has come to light, that this is, even though they're hiding it because so many rich people are involved and, you know, they're covering it all up. So we don't really know what's going on. The fact that we know anything and we could just watch that video clip, it's bringing it to light. Something is getting healed. You know, even maybe all those women aren't going to get justice but maybe they can start to speak and they'll find their voice and they will find their healing. Yeah, uh, I feel so sad right now. Um, I'm just thinking about like, well, I'm so um, touched and by you, you know, uh, just talking about touching on what happened you know with with you and that relationship and uh you know it was on a different completely different level but still it's it's a similar psyche that I think you know happens and I'm just thinking uh 
you know, is it folie a deux, you know, in psychology, which is like a shared psychosis, like the two people just go down a rabbit hole, you know, and usually there's like Jeffrey in this case, you know, clearly like the sociopath, the psychopath, the narcissist, like, um, or what's the new term, narcopath, whatever, anyway, um, you know, uh, and then she, you know, wanting to please him and then getting the uh, high, the dopamine high from every time she does this thing for him, you know, I mean, even just did that picture not speak a thousand words when she's massaging his feet? I know like, the amount of photos that they must have as proof. I mean, even that photo of the young girl with Prince Andrew who said that, you know, he raped her and he met her that night. And there's Prince Andrew saying, I've never met her before. I mean, it's just oh, please. people with so much money abusing women who, you know, they think they're, they're just going to, you know, do something to make an extra buck. Like we, I, I feel for these women because like them, I was, you know, living on my own at 17 years old without any parental guidance or support, no family support. So many young women end up like that. And mm -hmm. these sick people prey off of that. Like they look for that. They're, they're seeking them out. They put ads in papers for young girls that, you know, might be interested in something, you know, like house cleaning or, okay, do you, just massage, you don't need a, a license, you don't need experience. And then, you know, women who are, you know, trying to make it in the world and feel probably traumatized from their past, probably running and escaping some other horror, end up in their trap. And then yeah. Ghislaine's there all, you know, sweet and nice at first, gets them to say yes to like, the job and then gets them in the house where they're, you know, nobody can hear them. They're already sort of bought in and they know how it works. They know how to groom. They know how to break down the psyche. They're experts at it. Experts. Oh, yeah. And they know exactly, you know, the mind of what, what a person goes through when they're in that situation, because the human brain says, oops, oh, here I am. Uh-oh. Like, I, I didn't realize this was going to happen. And then, uh oh, I must have done something to cause this. And then, well, I guess I have to go through with it now. And you go into like this shock and, uh, and then you've done it. And then you feel like you, then it just completely, you go under mind control right then. I mean, you're just like, you know, and they know it. Yeah, they, they are experts at this. And what about um, your friends? You have that story you told me. Can we talk about that here? That he was so tortured by his mother and what kind of person he turned into? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, so yeah, I mean, he, um, he was molesting his daughter. Um, but, but how, what was his issue from childhood? Oh, he was severely abused. Severely, like? Like beyond your imagination, yeah. Um, an example. Because people don't hear this. This is like, I mean, I know, I know so many stories of abuse. I've heard them. Mm -hmm. um, and I know we have to like keep people's privacy and safety, but I just, I get angry when 
people hear stories like Ghislaine and Jeffrey and they go into cognitive dissonance and, and don't believe that it's possible. And why I get angry is because what I've found in my healing practice and all the you know thousands of people I've worked with around the world, and I mean, every culture, there, this exists in every culture, more than people talk about. And I would get angry because I thought, wow, I thought it was just like my sick family. And then it was like, oh, I thought it was just my sick town. Oh, I thought it was just American. I thought it was just white men. Oh no, it's happening here in Japan. Oh, it's here in India. Oh, it's here all over Thailand. Oh, it's, you know, like everywhere I go. Well, and um, you know, what we have to look at everything too, because there's such a trickle down effect, you know, and I'm not, I mean, people still need to be held responsible for what, they've done and they still have to be um you know I mean like I mean do you think Ghislaine should be put in jail yeah I mean I think that she is a consenting adult that knew exactly what she was doing was wrong with these young minors and to hold down anyone anyone I don't even care what age, let alone, you know, young adults, young women, to me is, is horrific. Yeah. I mean, she was like tricking them, trapping them, like, yeah, she has no right to even touch them. Putting them in situations where, you know, um, here you go. Like, even uh, even if she would have just like locked the door or invited them in knowing what was happening inside that room to me, that's enough, but she did much, much more than that. Oh yeah. I mean, exactly. That was enough just right there. Even if she just got, you know, underage girls and tricked them because she would tell them that, that, um, they're just going to give a massage and, and so they thought like, okay, I'm going to give this famous person a massage, you know, and they were getting like flown there and all this. So it was like, oh, yay, this is one of those great stories. Those great, like I met, you know, a filthy rich person story and I'm going in and, you know, and then they realized like, oh, it's not that kind of massage, you know, and then he's like, oh, touch me here. And then, you know, they kind of felt like they couldn't leave, like they couldn't get out of the room. And they know like young girls in their, you know, puberty age, because I think they're dealing with girls like 12, 13, 14, up till 17, mm-hmm. 20, early 20s, right? Girls in this age range generally like don't talk about what happens to them because they're in that awkward um, stage. I know I was raped at 17, like date raped by someone I knew in my own house. Um, but I had had a party when my mom was away at, at, out of town and like, who am I going to tell? Like, to me, it was my fault. It was my fault for having a party when my mom was out of town. It was my fault for um, teasing him or maybe making, I don't know what it was, but I had it in my head that it was my fault. And it was only like six years after the rape that I ever told anybody about it. And probably another 20 years later, that I even really accepted that this was something wrong and that I was a victim. But all that time, there was just no way I was going to talk about it because it just felt like, oh, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have had people in my house when my mom was out of town, like just Mm -hmm. berating myself, like 
thinking that I had done something like to deserve this, even though, you know, I'm at school, I have cuts and bruises all over my legs and I'm a volleyball player. So it's obvious in my sports team. And no one asked me what happened. Gosh. I mean, it's just so obvious. Like he literally like ripped my clothes off and I had hand marks down my leg with bruises and not one person asked me. And I just shut down. I just didn't speak. I didn't talk about it. And on top of it, people were like, there was a rumor that I slept with him because people saw his car at my house. And so it was like, on top of it, I'm a slut, you know? And it's just like, Uh, oh my God, one of the worst nights in my life that I tried to block out. I also got punched in the face, you know? And it was just like, oh, I have to just hold all of that, right? And I can imagine that these girls, like the woman who came on the show and was talking, like she has done a lot of work to be able to speak like that on public TV. Like for me, I'm just talking on a podcast that, you know, I don't even check the stats who's listening. (laughs) Um, Okay, it's public, but it's different having your face on camera on national TV on a worldwide case that's being watched like this is this takes courage beyond courage like people don't realize how hard that is yeah and you you could tell when too when she was speaking like how much emotion there was that she was like containing you know and I was noticed how how um conservative she was dressed (laughs) and I thought did you notice that like with the towel turtleneck and the pearl necklace and it was just like you know the one but like she was just so conservative and I realized like if you don't if you're not that conservative if you don't speak eloquently if you don't have poise no one listens to you if she's angry if she's cussing if she has tattoos if she dresses anything remotely sexy they're gonna say it's her fault so she's like you know, to me, she just looks like um, a very conservative woman. And I'm sure she adapted to that from what happened to her. Like me, when I was in India, I dressed like a Muslim woman. I covered my hair. I covered my arms. I covered my ankles like for years, eight, nine years. Mm -hmm. And I'm a California girl from San Francisco, from the fashion industry. You know, it was just like, how did I get so extreme oh I can tell you conditioning grooming trauma yeah you close off you know for me to live in the Mayan Riviera and and feel comfortable again in a bathing suit on the beach that I'm safe that nobody's going to attack me that I'm I'm not going to be objectified and raped and I can just own my body like it takes a lot of recovery to come back to normalcy or what is safe. And I just, I don't know, I just felt for her, like I couldn't stop staring at her turtleneck. Like, oh, wow, she's, she has done a lot of work on herself. And she is like, I am going to speak out and I'm not gonna let you touch, you know, I'm not gonna allow you to like stare at my cleavage or (laughs) um, find me at all. You know, she's wearing black. I don't know, to me, it was a strong symbol. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's just, it's, 
well it's heavy heavy for the new year like <laughs> i know but you know what the, sh the shadow is being a little we are in this it is. You know, the light is increasing on the planet as and the shadow is being illuminated big yeah. Time. yeah yeah and you know and i was thinking about you know how like on a like on a different note but i but there's two two thoughts i'm having one is like how you you were also like when your first person you really loved which was after the rape and after you know and that traumatic story literally your heart was like broken i mean you know and and like the guy went off with this other person and you were you'd flown across the country or the world sorry the world and you were like left in an airport like alone you know and and it's like um what the the fallout from that you know is like okay how can this how can I make sure this never happens to me again so like the woman in the turtleneck you know um or like you know how can I so okay I'll I'll set up like an open relationship where you know the the guy just I know he's gonna have sex with other people so I don't have to like worry about that or pretend that's not going to happen or let me like go and actually find the people for him and be like hey would you like to have sex with my boyfriend you would okay perfect you know and there you go and then it's all you know and and so then you thought you were safe right it's like creating like grasping at, at straws like how can I feel safe but then of course that just further bifurcates another part of you. Like, okay, well, I have to, in this case then, like disown a piece of me as well, you know, or shut down another part or something, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just this constant pendulum swing when you have trauma, like you, you try to uh, eradicate it by kind of swinging in the other direction. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that we're on this path to wholeness and we're trying to find the center. And I, I do think that, you know, it's interesting because we're, you know, coming out of the solstice time, you know, the winter solstice. And every time there's a solstice, I feel that there's this opportunity for us to find the balance within ourselves, like, because the light and dark within is, is sort of getting illuminated in equal part. It's like, oh, this might be what it feels like to accept it. It's, it's always a difficult time to feel both our shadow and our light simultaneously, but to not try and cover one up with the other. But like, how do we just like accept what happened to us, accept the pain of the world, accept the shadow, accept the, you know, sex trafficking underground that is right in front of everyone's eyes that nobody wants to see, you know, like open your eyes to it. There's yeah. a lot of, it doesn't mean you have to like lock yourself inside and, or, or your children and, you know, um, right. and cry all day, like, but yeah, like, how do we find the balance? It's right? kind of like, can we, can we just like, I keep saying like, okay, can we just look at the shadow and just look at it and allow ourselves to be aware of it and, and just start there. And there doesn't have to be a big uh, judgment. There doesn't have to be a big answer, you know, but just like a wonder and, you know, a curiosity, like when all of this came up and, and I was watching 
this on Ghislaine, you know, I couldn't help but feel inside of me something related to this situation. And who on God's green earth is going to come out and say like, oh, I think maybe I understand Ghislaine Maxwell. Like, oh, I think I, I, you know, like who's going to piece that together and say that except for me, of course, and you, of course, like, I really don't know, but because no, but example, we need to, and I think that we can relate to her. Well, it and doesn't, it doesn't make it right or okay, or that she's not guilty, but like, that's an extreme reaction, right? Because she's dealing with an extremely sick person. So her grooming and, and her participation, wow. But there yeah. are a lot, a lot of women um, who get caught in these rackets, a lot. I mean, the, the sex ring underground is huge and it's worldwide. And there are a lot of women just yeah. as complicit as the men. Maybe they were, you know, they're not the leaders, like they got groomed in. Maybe there's all, you know, men at the top. But in Giselle's case, like she had a very powerful father. Like who knows what one came first, if it was her, Jeff. They were very intertwined and just as powerful independently as they were together and sick. Both of them, very, very sick. Yes, very sick, very sick. They just went into a psychosis and a just and they covered it up with money and fame and blackmailing all the rich and famous people who had an inkling that might like it you know they they got you know blackmail on pretty much the whole you know who's running the world so of course they can cover all this up right and, you know, what I was saying before we started recording when, you know, we decided, hey, let's talk about this, because as usual, we start talking about something randomly and we're not planning on actually airing that or talking about it on the podcast. And then we end up like, oh, let's just start recording, you know, but the thing that I was thinking about, about how I could relate is, uh, is you know, this whole thing with, you know, like now it's kind of popular, it's kind of the thing to, uh, you know, you fantasize with your partner about like other women or, um, you know, or, or like bringing another woman in bed and all, you know, like guys think that that's like the coolest thing ever, right? So as I was growing up, it wasn't really a thing. I mean, I don't, you know, and then it became a thing and I'm kind of like, wait, when did this become a thing? Around the 90s. Like we like to track things, right? And I've been tracking a lot of stuff lately, especially with just this year and what's gone on this year. And that, I think we should say that for another episode, but just like, so so where, where, where did this come from? And I was thinking about Friends, okay? The, the show Friends, okay? So I did not have a television that entire decade, that whole Friends decade, the whole Seinfeld, I didn't have a television, so I never saw it. Fast forward, um, you know, 10 years down the road, whatever, 20 years down the road, I'm seeing how like, oh, you know, all guys fantasize about, you know, two girls and oh, quote, all guys are watching porn. Oh, all guys are, you know, this is all just totally normal now. And all women, you know, now are turned on by it and all women now that's must accept that that's how it goes. And this is how it is. And so anyway, I was like, huh, okay, well, I don't know how that all started. Well, one day I started watching friends and 
in almost every episode, they're talking about, they're making innuendos about two girls being together or some of the guys are like, oh, you know, or they are, and then they're all watching porn, like the guys who are cool in Friends, you know, they're, so, so there's this whole thing. And I'm not saying like any of this is bad per se, of course, I'm not judging this, but I'm saying that let's just be aware of how the trickle happens yeah, the grooming and the grooming is not how, happening for the girls. It's happening for the world. So how the grooming it. happens in shows and how we yes. all get programmed yes. and how the collective consciousness starts to accept something and they start to run with it. And then there's always going to be the extremes. There's always going to be the fringe, the, the hardcore left and right of whatever that is. Yes. So, so in the end, we are all responsible because it's a part of our psyche, like as a whole, and something's going on there and people aren't really owning what it is. Okay. So, so the next thing I know, this is, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, oh my God, I thought friends was this, you know, yuppie show, you know, that, that, you know, everyone loved and such a cool little, you know, harmless, sweet, funny show that everyone was into, you know, even the cool, super innocent, you know, straight lace people. Right. But no, this was, you know, Indoctrination and globalization. Oh my God. So I thought to myself, wait, I know this is wait. No wonder everyone thinks that this is perfectly fine and perfectly okay. And all guys are like, oh yeah, this is how. But so here's my thing. So so even I kind of got started to get turned on by like in recent years by this idea of like, you know, another woman or another woman in bed with with the person I'm, you know, in love with or whatever. And um and somewhere along the line, I caught the bug, like the turn on, the, the little turn on factor. And what's interesting to me is that the turn on is the thought that it would turn him on, which is a learned thing that he learns. If I'm going to be a cool guy, if I'm going to be right. So, so then, so, so I'm, I'm thinking I'm turned on by allowing this and, or like he's in knowing he's turned on and then I get turned on. It's and then I'm looking at the six degrees of separation between like <laughs> Elaine Maxwell and, you know, I'm like, ah, the okay, so parasite. Anyway. Oh, the parasite. It's the parasite. Yes, I know. I know. That's exactly how it works. And you have beautifully demonstrated that in your story. That's how the parasite replicates itself. And the whole reason why I started this podcast was to point attention to the parasite and see if we can pull it out of our own psyches unplug from it because it feeds off of this and it has it's all part of the plan it is the hidden agenda they have hijacked our sexuality they feed off it and if you don't believe me just watch the Jeffrey Epstein Ghislaine Maxwell uh, story to see the the elites have been feeding off of uh, young blood in disgusting sexual ways. And it, 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 it's a deep, the rabbit hole is very deep. So I just pray, we do need to close. And I just want to kind of close it off with a prayer um, that anyone who finds themselves in a situation where they have been groomed, where they have... Uh, kind of fed the parasite or finds themselves 
kind of in this really dark place and wants to get out that you have an angel of light come to you that you find your way out that you're able to remove yourself from the hold of that parasite that loves to feed off your power and you can find your your sovereignty and your wholeness and your innocence and really return to that innocence in your heart to the to the essence of the pure love energy, the essence of pure love, not some weird, perverted and contorted idea of love, but real unconditional, pure, unadulterated love. So that is my wish for everyone listening. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for hearing us out. I know this is a very difficult topic. It triggers a lot of us after listening to this episode, please, you know, go find yourself in nature, hug a tree, jump in the water, cool off, say a prayer, like reconnect to love. May the light of the pure love just bathe every cell of your body and reconnect you to wholeness, reconnect you to your purity, to your innocence, because it's up to us to hold that. It's Mm. up to us. Nobody can give that to us or provide it for us. We are that internally and we have to remember that. So thank you for holding my story um, and my process, Satya, and you listeners. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, that was a surprisingly long, uh, a lot, obviously a lot needed to come, come into light there, but just, I just wanted to call that out. And so thank you for yeah, it's not easy to say this stuff and because it's the fear of, you know, somebody thinking like, wait, are you saying that you're like Gillian Maxwell? Yeah, like, no, it's not exactly what I'm saying here. And just ah. Yeah, because we there's a fear of being misunderstood or labeled or put in these boxes, but you know. I feel like uh that's the old era. Like I we just need to be who we are, we need to live freely we need to um you know liberate ourselves back to love back to wholeness without needing anyone else's uh, acknowledgement of that but like stand for ourselves and i'm just so proud thank you for bringing up that video to me such because i i heard the you know the court case was going on and i just i didn't want to you know what, where I'm going to listen to that, you know, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, it, it, it hits, a, it affects all of us. This is our collective unconscious being um, revealed. So mm-hmm. we're, we're all in this, whether we think that this has happened to us or not, we're complicit by the things we listen to, by the movies we watch, by the newspapers we read, whatever news stories, we, we're constantly being bombarded with this energy. All of us have been groomed. Um, and it's up to us to take back our freedom, take back our sovereignty, hold ourselves energetic, connect to love and release the fear, but really shine the light strong because we need to stop this sickness. Right. And, and, and not running like in some other opposite direction to try to fix it or just kind of observing it and staying still. 
these are strange days. We're living in a strange world. And it oh, keeps- yeah. And now we're going to disconnect from reality even more with this whole metaverse that's coming up and all of this crap. Oh my goodness. We need to talk about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We have a lot to say about that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But okay. We're okay. going to call it an episode. <laughs> I love you, Satya. Thank you for being brave and for bringing that to my attention and holding the space. Thank you. To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com.